0: Thank you for listening to this podcast one production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, podcast1.com and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: This week's Off the Vine is sponsored by Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket, it just may be the most rewarding to do you do today. Best Fiends with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends.
2: Who's down with OTV? Who's down with OTV? Who's down with OTV? Podcast One presents Off the Vine with Caitlin Briscoe. Caitlin is creating a space where girls and gents can feel empowered to be themselves. Get ready for lots of laughs, taboo topics, unfiltered advice, and wine. Lots of wine. Get ready to shake things up. Here's Caitlin.
1: All right, welcome to Off the Vine. I'm your host Caitlin Brissot. Today, I am sitting down with a speaker, author, podcast host, and such an all-around incredible human being. Her story is very inspirational. It has inspired countless others who find themselves facing challenges to overcome those obstacles and live a life full of purpose. I can't wait to hear her story and share it with all of you and learn more about her forthcoming memoir. So, please welcome to the podcast Ruthie Lindsay. I love your name. Oh, Thank you. Ruthie yeah. is like the sweetest name <laughs> on the planet. And I have to tell you, it's my ex, one of my ex-boyfriends, um, when I can't remember how old I was, probably like 26, and I used to not like being called babe. Yeah. I just, for some reason, it made me like cringe. Now I love it. I think it's so cute. But at the time I was like, bleh, don't call me that. And so he would always call me Babe Ruth and, and it turned into Ruthie. Stop. Yeah. And so that was his nickname for me for a long time it was Ruthie. And I always said I was going to name my firstborn daughter Ruthie. Oh. Yeah. That's so And it's okay because it doesn't leave a bad taste in my mouth because I still respect him and think he was an awesome person. So
0: I mean, win-win. <laughs> I know. I love that. I actually I really love my name. That's too, but great. My parents gave it to me, so they get all the props. But yeah, I, I was married, and after I got divorced, I was so excited. I was like, I will never lose Lindsay again. Yeah, like,
1: I love. Yeah, I love my name. Yeah, it's great, Thank Ruthie you. Lindsay. It's just so sweet. Thank I don't know what. You. Yeah. Anyway, so we were just saying before we started the podcast that we actually met through Arielle Vandenberg, yes. who we adore and oh love, God. and she's just such a unique soul. That what is a dream. She really is. Truly, like
0: Her heart. Like she's so beautiful and. So. F- freaking hilarious but her heart is so pure is so pure it doesn't make any sense i've I never know. met anyone like her in my life i know i always laugh with my best friend jed that the lord doesn't give with both hands like usually if you're like that right. much of a babe and that funny you're gonna be a dick yeah and she's somehow i know like literally Blessed like and, hello i know you you defeat the odds it doesn't make sense it
1: doesn't make any sense no. she's an anomaly truly yeah that's, so special she really is oh i always hate because we live so far apart i mean you you live in nashville too and yeah. she's over in la and i'm just like Oh, her Instagram stories are a lot and not enough. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Um, so she she shared your story with me and I was just moved by it. And so um, I was like, yes, bring her on my podcast, especially you live in Nashville. This is perfect. Um, And we're also talking before. You like your name. Tell me you like your height. I love it. Okay, good. (laughs) Because short people always want to be tall. Tall people always want to be short. And I was just saying, I always wanted to be 5'11". That was like my dream height. (laughs) How tall are you? I'm right above six foot. It's just so, I find it so like powerful. And you're like just this beautiful woman who's just like, I don't know. I I always wanted to be tall. But I wish I loved being short because then I would love, (laughs) you know. Just be who you are, Caitlin. I preach it all the time. And you know, yeah, I'd be like, eh. <laughs> no, it's funny because people will be like, whoa,
0: was that like really hard growing up? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop putting words in my mouth. It was actually, I think because I grew up in this tiny, tiny town. And yeah. my brothers, I have older brothers. They were really tall. Yeah. And I wasn't picked on. I think if Great. I had been, because I was like, you know. Why would you be? Well, usually people that yeah, but are I think you're six foot tall did and you show 90, confidence? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, it was just normal to yeah. me, you know? And all of my friends, like we'd all grown up to, I was from the tiniest town, so we've all known each other forever. It wasn't like It just wasn't really Where did you grow up? I grew up in St. Francisville,
1: Louisiana. Oh, that's where your little accent comes from. Because it's sometimes like certain words. Like you said lime and you said lamb. And I was like, what is lamb? And then I figured it out and I was like, oh, that's so cute.
0: Wait, there are certain words that are so bad. One time my girlfriend from the West Coast was in town and we were supposed to I'm gonna spell it because I'll say it ridiculous. Okay. We were going to this house show and everyone was supposed to bring up P-I-E. A pie. Okay. Yeah. You say, pie. And she goes, Oh shit, we forgot our P I E. And I go, Pa? Wow. And she literally pulled over. She's like, Oh my dear God. What did you just say? And I was like, Oh, wow. That's so, I love it. It's just those words. And I'll say, like, wedding. Oh, yeah. There's, so there's just, but otherwise, I really don't have. When that. did you move out of your small town? When I was 17, when I graduated. Okay. Yeah.
1: You were done. Yeah. You're ready to go. You love my, it, but you're I ready do. to go. I do. My yeah. whole
0: family is still down there yeah. and they're precious, but it's a different world. Like, yeah. I mean, my dances were segregated. Um, oh, okay. Crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a, it's a small town and there's some beautiful, beautiful souls. I yeah. Mean, amazing people, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't. See myself ever living. Yeah, that's okay. That's yeah. same
1: with me. I'm. I mean, my. How, how? What was the population of yours?
0: I'm so bad at that. I oh, don't yeah. even
1: know. We had one high school though. Yeah. Oh, we had two. We had two. Mine was like twenty thousand, but it's grown. Oh, ours is then. way, way, way. Really? Oh, we had two red lights. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like no Walmart. No. I mean, it's
0: teeny, teeny, teeny.
1: But the most unique people come out of those places. Yeah. You know.
0: Oh, characters. yes In South Louisiana, it's just filled
1: with characters, characters. really
0: think that's normal and you're like whoa yeah it's not <laughs> yeah then you get to the big yeah. cities i are mean, like oh holy shit
1: that's yeah funny. it's another world for um sure. so i would love to start at the beginning of your story because yeah. your journey to where you are now began at a really young age right yeah um so can you walk me through kind of the accident that happened to you that has now led you to change your life entirely yeah so um
0: yeah, like I said, grew up in this tiny little town and, um, you know, we had hard things just like everyone else, but I thought my life was great and mm-hmm. kind of had, everything was kind of normal. And um, when I was a senior in high school, I pulled out in front of an ambulance and he hit me on my car door going about 65. And wow. so I broke ribs, I punched my lungs, my lungs collapsed, my spleen ruptured, and then I broke the top two vertebrae in my neck, wow. C1 and C2. Um, I had a 5% chance to live wow. and a 1% chance to walk. And, but it was an ambulance driver. Like, he helped save me. Um, wow. So, if you're going to, like, get hit by something.
1: Look at, well, I can't believe you look, like, that's the positivity that you have. That it's you're crazy. Like, if you're going to, but that's, Kay, that is so wild to me that you had a 1% chance of walking. Well, it gets
0: even crazier. Okay, go. It literally gets crazier, oh which is insane. But at the time, like, I was on life support. It was my dad's birthday. Um oh. When I was a senior, it was November 2nd, and I was so lucky. I had youth, good health on my side. I left the hospital after about a month, but back then, like after I was stable and off of life support, they um, used wire back then for spinal cord fusion, so mm-hmm. they took bone out of my hip and put it into my neck and wrapped it with wire. That, that was just the standard practice wow. back then. And, you know, after about a month left, had a neck brace for like four to six months. I don't even remember. Yeah. Um, but I... How old were you? I was... I had just turned turned 17. Oh, 17, yeah. Yep, I was a senior. Okay. And I literally went back to school after Christmas. I cheered, tallest cheerleader that ever existed, cheered (laughs) at our basketball game, last (laughs) basketball game. Um, I graduated on time. I mean, I was very disassociated. It was like I was... It was almost like it happened to someone else. I would talk about it almost in third person. And looking at me, you'd never know. Like all my scars are hidden by clothing um, and my hair. And all of my scars are actually from surgery. I didn't – crazy enough. Like my car door literally was in the passenger seat. And I have no – like everything was shattered. And like by looking at me in the – you know, you wouldn't even know. And so I – Went to college, you know, there were, like, I was very, again, very disassociated. I love storytelling, so it was fun to tell the story like it would had happened to someone else. Wow. I would show up and smile. I had numbing techniques that I was just, I was surviving, you yeah. know? Like, I was a compulsive overeater for sure, and yeah. I, like, would hide all that, and then I'd show up and smile and yeah. be sweet and kind. You know, I grew up in the South where everything was just, like, show up and be pretty and sweet mm-hmm, and kind, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to process emotions at all. Yeah. So I stuffed them with food. Um, But I, I graduated. I was offered a job in Nashville. And I literally was like, well, I don't have to have a resume. This is great. I came here in another life. I like... Was a part of the church. I um, did youth ministry. Yeah. And um, that feels like 80 billion lifetimes a day, yeah. which it was, but it brought me to Nashville. And about a year into being here, I met my first boyfriend, which my parents were like so thrilled. They were convinced I liked girls. And I'm like, I wish. <laughs> yeah. What a dream. That would be Seriously. amazing. My mom was so thrilled he had a peen. And so, and we were so <laughs> earnest and sweet and precious little idiots, and tried so hard to be good, quote unquote Christians, yeah. and felt guilty about sex, and got yeah. married ten months after we met. Okay, bless well, us.
1: Well, I mean that works
0: for some people. Well, and... It does. I mean, sh- but it was so wrapped up in shame, right? And just
1: yes, craziness. You hadn't again processed no. feelings, or we
0: were. It was literally because of shame. So yeah. we got married. He was a musician, Precious. We were excited to start our lives, bought a house in East Nashville, and I went on tour with him. And literally about a year into that, all of a sudden, um, I was on Hillsborough Road. I walked out in front of like Smoothie King and Starbucks, and this shooting pain went up my neck, like debilitating shooting pain that felt like, um, I remember thinking either I'd been shot or I'd been struck by lightning. It was like a beautiful day. It was that crazy. It like dropped me to my knees. I felt like I was going to pass out or, uh, you know crazy migraine left over um did not understand what had happened started going to all these different doctors tons of doctors and every time i'd go to see them they'd have me do an mri and the film would come back and there was this like black spot on my film and they go oh that's just the magnet in the machine interacting with the wire from your fusion everything around it looks fine um started me on therapies nothing helped started me on narcotics because i was you know and desperate, yeah, and desperate to not hurt. So I took everything they recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, I altogether ended up living in my bed for about five years. What? Because I was in just so much pain and taking all these drugs, which... Narcotics are not for chronic pain, you know, it's for no, acute right, pain right. And you just need more and more. So I was just a shell of myself. And and when was that? This was in my 20s. So I got married when I was 23. Yeah. I mean, I, up to that point, like I'd get sore if I danced too much, right. but otherwise nothing. And wow. this just came out of nowhere and just was debilitating. And finally, um, after about five years. Um, I mean, five years is... In- bed. Eating my feelings, watching every reality show that ever existed on planet Earth, and taking every drug. I mean, I had a baggie just of yeah, drugs, yeah. you know. And can you imagine how hard that would be for a partner? No. I, yeah. mean, I mean, he was just trying his best. And, you know, I was not myself. Right? And I couldn't show up as a partner. I couldn't show up as a friend, as a sister, as an aunt, as a anything. Yeah. I was just surviving. In a shell, like you
1: said. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And super disassociated. And finally, this one doctor was like, I can't tell you what's going on until I see what's under that spot. And basically, a $50 x-ray showed that one of the wires had broken and pierced my brain stem.
1: Oh, my gosh. And I'm the
0: only human that's ever had that. And they were like, well, I'm lucky because at the time, all they told me was you – shouldn't be walking. If we don't get it out, you won't be walking. Surgery itself is super high risk of paralysis. But since then, which I'm so thankful they didn't tell me all the details, I shouldn't be breathing, speaking, brain function, anything. Like I mean, it's my
1: your brain. Right. And this is now the second tragic event that's happened in your life that is being you're being told that you won't walk or talk or Yeah, it was crazy, but it
0: got even more insane. Like that time was just super Traumatic. Like um, a few weeks later, my dad, who we called Papa, yeah, um, just this like larger than life, six four, booming, like smile that you know just spread across his face, like the kindest ads you've ever seen. Yeah, he, um, when we were children, every time he'd leave my brothers and I, he'd say, "I love you so much. Remember your manners, and always look out for the little guy." And that was his like thing is to look for the people that everyone else would miss, mm-hmm. you know, and to enter in with them. And um, so he had told my mom and my godfather he was coming to see me to tell me he'd sell our farm so I could have the oh surgery because insurance it was a pre-existing injury and insurance wasn't going to cover it. And we don't know exactly what happened. Um, he had stopped to see our Amish friends. He literally plowed our garden with a mule. I'm not kidding. I swear to you. Wait, that just took a second to register. Really? Cloud our garden with a mule. We had Amish friends. Yeah. And he had stopped to see them. He'd go every few months. And it was like the halfway stop to Nashville. And I don't know exactly what happened, but we got a phone call um, that somehow he had fallen down a flight of stairs. No. And ended up passing of brain damage. Oh, my gosh. You know what's so crazy? I just went to the bathroom before I came in here. Y'all have the cologne that he wore, which I haven't seen. What? in like a decade? It's that lime, that green bottle of lime. Cologne. I sprayed it, and I just got teary in your on your toilet. I'm like, oh, oh my what? gosh! Wait, I've, I've, I've like got it's head his to aftershave. Tone. Y'all Go have sp- his aftershave. What? Like why? Is I have that not there? I never see that. i literally, I have no idea. It's well, not a. It's not like a spray for like bathroom. It's a aftershave. I'm like
1: speechless from everything that's happening right now. I
0: got what? so teary. I'm like, what in the world?
1: I like sprayed it on me, and I smell like oh, now. Oh my gosh! Wait, I that's know. wild. I know. Do, well, do you believe in that kind of stuff, oh, girl? Okay, I'm yeah, woo so woo. Like, yeah, okay. Listen, me I am too.
0: here for all the things I Cause get real weird. Like, no, no, me too. Me too. Real. Real weird.
1: So that is cl- to in me. I'm like, well, that yes. is. It's so precious. But it's such he's a clear been with sign. Me, like I, I mean, wow. it was on I
0: his birthday so that sorry. I had that wreck. Yeah, and. I'm pretty positive that I died in it. I've actually had a lot of energy workers yeah. and people say, you know, you've died. And, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. And even my best friend that was in the wreck with me in high school, he was like, Ruthie, you were hanging over the window, the wheel and didn't make a sound, didn't, we? I, it didn't seem like you were breathing oh for like gosh. three to five minutes. And then all of a sudden you just started gurgling. And it's weird. Like when I've done like my chart, when they do readings for um, astrology I have so many of the characteristics of a November 2nd birthday now.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, like you were reborn. Like is that what you're
0: saying? Like I died and came back? What? That day. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So anyway, my dad, I, this, I'm I so speechless. I know. It's crazy, but,
1: but Yes, go on. He
0: um, it was just like a massive loss. It wasn't just a loss for me and my family, but our whole community. Yeah. You know,
1: like he was such a presence,
0: uh, it sounds like. Just this precious. And what was, here's where it like, oh, it makes me cry every time. It, I'd never get over that's it. But okay. my godfather ended up setting up this medical fund in my dad's honor because he knew that's like his last wish was to make sure I had the mm-hmm. surgery because I was a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, we start getting, and I'm from a very poor community and I didn't grow up with much at all. All Mm. at all. Um I didn't even know till much later like how little we actually had, but um
1: you don't know any different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was my and my life was I felt you know, I felt great. Um out of nowhere, these checks started coming in and people would be like, Your dad bought my prom dress, your dad sent me on my senior trip, your dad (laughs) fixed my roof, your dad paid my first year of tuition, your dad pays my rent. I mean, on and on and on and my godfather who ran the bank will be like yeah he would take out loans so that he could help what? people i know so like his dream was to help me and like because he had loved people so well wow. he did like this insane amount of money was raised for me to have the surgery because my
1: dad wow because he was just helping so many people yep. along the way of his life yeah totally. wow so then I've never heard a story like this. It's insane. But it's also
0: oh, there's so much like grace over all of it. I mean, the support like our community here ended up um, putting on a benefit and raising like $20,000. And um, we were just so blown away by people. I mean, like you're seeing right now with a tornado, like yeah. people mm-hmm. show up in droves yeah. and are just so incredible and so supportive and I ended up being pursued by doctors. Like, they get off on being the first one to do a surgery. Yeah. They, like, love that shit. Yeah, I watched, and so, I watched Grace. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, you know, it was so hard. No one had ever done it before. Yeah. And so it was so hard to know who Wait, to choose. That's,
1: and, that, and that's up to you to choose yeah. which surgeon does yeah, this for you? of course. Of course. And and that so that surgery was giving you the risk of... What, what was
0: the, the risk? Like, I mean, but I, if I didn't, it was a sure thing that I would be paralyzed or I mean, who knows? Brain dead. Right. Die, right, right. You know. So it was like that that's the only option is to get the wire out. But we didn't know what the surgery would cause, you know. Right. Um, And what kind of damage would come if I would come out walking, if I would be alive. I mean, we didn't know.
1: What are your feelings like? So you picked a surgeon. Yeah. I ended up choosing
0: Mayo. I chose this like top neurologist, top orthopedic surgeon who really wanted to do it. Um, And there was like a nine hour surgery and they ended up, they removed the wire, they just the wire that was in my brainstem. There's still a lot still wrapped around my spinal cord, but um, they took the piece out that was in my brain, um, took bone from my other hip and then they refused it with like six titanium screws. They don't use wire anymore. Yeah. and you know, I'll spare you all the details of that time, but it was super no. traumatic, and that surgery was so hard. And I just wanted my dad. Of course. And it was pain. I would have told you I lived at like a nine before yeah. that, and then I was like, just kidding. I had no idea that you could that pain could be that severe. And what was hard is I had been taking so many narcotics up to that point. Yeah, and, that. And so they couldn't get my pain under
1: control because, you know, my tolerance your tolerance was insane and doesn't that affect how um like going under for that long
0: of a time i'm sure i don't even know and honestly that whole time is just i was not in my body i was completely checked out and i wasn't able to handle i mean i literally my brothers and my ex stepped in and my brothers are both in the like medical field and were so
1: helpful because i could not function at all like not Well, able. no, and what what were your feelings going? Were you just numb going into the surgery? I, or was, w- terrified. Yeah, I yeah. was terrified. Yeah, yeah, I was
0: terrified. I would I would kind of wave between, even like with my dad's passing. I think I would go between being, like, a little girl, like, mm-hmm. crying out, like, I just wanted my daddy, mm-hmm. you know, to being completely stone-faced, checked out, like, my eyes, there was, it was vacant, like, yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. This is all coming from, like, my friends that were around me, my best friend, and and then I would also just move into just utter weeping fear, just out of control, like, I, I don't know what to do, yeah. you know. Um, I think I kind of just went between those three things.
1: And in that severe of like a situation and that kind of surgery, like and going through the trauma that you've already been through and the emotional trauma of losing your dad, everything, you would think your body would kind of give up in that situation, Mm -hmm. like because of how...
0: Gosh, our bodies are so amazing Seriously. and so strong and so resilient and so capable. And at that point, I really thought my body was against me. I yeah. thought it hated me. And that's been such a beautiful part of the journey of being like, oh, this beautiful body. No
1: kidding. That was just
0: holding me and loving me and protecting me and calling me home to myself to heal. Right, Like it was always loving me so beautifully. But I was, I really hated and I called it it, you know, and yeah. like, no, I would only call my body she because I'm like, she loves me so yeah. much. Wow. But yeah, that whole time was crazy. And I was so lucky. I left with another neck brace um, for another like four to six months wow. uh, with the wire in my hand wow. walking after about a week and a half. Um, and it was interesting. I ended up getting really severe um, neuropathic ner- nerve damage. Mm-hmm. So like my right side just felt. Feels like it's on fire, um, and the best way I know to describe this, um, I don't know. Have you ever experienced fire ants? You're not from here, so I don't know. No. Red ants. Um, it's intense. It's crazy. Yeah. Like it literally feels like fire. Yeah. And one time, my right foot was standing in a pile of red ants and I didn't know it. My brother yelled at me to move and I ended up having just tons and tons and tons of fire ant bites up my right leg because I didn't notice it because it's always on fire and I was disassociated so it was both and but that's how severe it was so I actually walked straight back to my bed And lived in my bed for two more years because I was in just as much pain. It was just a different type of pain. And I left Mayo even on more narcotics. I was on the highest level of fentanyl fentanyl patch that they have. They give to like dying cancer patients. I was on, you know, morphine, hydrocodone. I mean, just a Ziploc bag filled with drugs, you know, and completely dependent on them. And I... After about two years, I ended up catching this um, crazy bacterial infection called C. diff in the hospital. Come on. Um, but honestly, it was like the best thing that happened to me. It was so horrible. You literally shit your pants nonstop. Oh, People gosh. die from it because no. it's you're so tired. <laughs> it's insane. Um, but but it ended up hitting... like I ended up hitting a wall like you wouldn't believe. My, my ex was on tour in Australia. He just couldn't deal with it anymore, which I don't blame him. Oh. I... Couldn't take care of myself. I kept, ended up in the emergency room because yes. I was so sick. And so finally I told my family how bad it was. and ended up having to move back home. And I moved back into my brother's house who was like my other parent. I literally slept mm-hmm. in his room till he graduated Aww. high school. Yeah. And I had a complete, I mean, I love calling it my breakthrough now, not my breakdown. But yeah. I like didn't sleep for so long. I knew my marriage was coming to an end. I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. The idea of not waking up felt like that would be the greatest gift because I just felt like there was no hope. You know, if I was like, if I'm going to hurt like this and it's just going to get worse and worse, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Um, and my family, um, they were so incredible. And basically they were going to send me to get help. And I cared so much about what people thought of me mm-hmm. so much that literally I was like, you're not sending me away. And the next day I started weaning myself off of all of the drugs um, because I didn't want people to think that I, I didn't want people to know. Um, because I cared so freaking much and whatever it took like that fear that insecurity it it ended up being the best thing because getting off of those drugs was the best thing that I could have
1: that is and that ever is, done I mean that is not easy to do yeah. especially after with chronic pain after everything yeah. you have been through after for five years being yeah. on them
0: but that's how bad it was it was literally like <sighs> I will die I want to
1: die. Yeah. And. Well, people, I mean, I always think about situations where, I mean, people feel that way just going through a breakup in yes. general. Yeah, You know, like there are people out there who have such a bad breakup that feel like that That's is right. the end for them. Yes. And then you think about everything else you went through on top of that. It's mm-hmm. like you are so freaking strong. Oh. You are. It's. I'm just like, I've never been so speechless in a podcast. I usually have so much to say. And I'm just like, mind blown listening mm-hmm. to your story. And just so curious how you how you did that and how you turned it around. Thank you. Yeah.
0: It's been a wild journey. And you know, I don't know, I, I at the time, I had so much support. And my family was so incredible. And I remember my brother telling me, he's like, babe, you can lay in your bed and hurt all the time. Or you can like get up. Mm-hmm. And be with people and try to love people and serve people and live and hurt. Like, those are your two options. Yeah. And that sounds so basic, but I was like, oh. <laughs> And, you know, I, at at first, the day I started weaning myself off, I made this, like, list. And I was like, at 8 o'clock, you get out of the bed and you're not allowed to get in the bed until it's dark. And I had to relearn how to live. Like, it was literally like 8.05, make the bed, brush your teeth,
2: mm-hmm.
0: eat. Mm-hmm get up. And literally it was like going through motions and it was, I'm like, what do people do all day? Right. I literally, I had no idea. And I was so miserable and I was so
1: numb. And I was just. Well, you were in a like state of depression totally, and oh. numbness and, oh my God. Yes. you know, like oh, just trauma. I just, ca- it's, it's crazy hearing you say like you made a list like that alone is so you're you were so motivated to turn your life around, which again, I keep thinking about even situations that I've been in where I think. I would rather just not get up anymore yes. or if I, and that, you know what, and I, I, get that. I, yeah, but I just, it's so crazy that everything that you've been through, like my mind is, can't even, I, my brain can't even like access what you're telling me sometimes because it's so, I'm just so inspired by you. Oh, I am. You. That sounds cheesy, but I really am. Quick cue for you. Do you own or rent your own home? I'm sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy is bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy, which is a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's
2: GEICO.com. We'll be back with more Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow. Off
1: design with Caitlin Bristow. Okay, so you're making these lists and going yeah. about your day. And yeah. how long did it take you to... It so took
0: four months to get off okay. everything.
1: But after a few weeks, you know was so
0: precious and so beautiful is as my brain started coming back, mm-hmm. I started sleeping again, I started getting off these narcotics, all of a sudden our... I think some higher version of me came in, my higher self, or maybe it was my guides or angels. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm very woo-woo and believe in all no, these things. At the time, I didn't know any of this. I felt completely abandoned by God. I felt totally alone and isolated. And But um, something came in and told me to make a list of the things I'd love to do before I had pain. Yeah. And so I ended up writing out this list. I was like, you love sunsets. I was like, no, I don't like yes you do you love sunsets so i wrote that down i'm like you love flowers you love collecting flowers you love smelling flowers you love giving flowers you know and I'm like i don't even, no i don't and it's like <laughs> yes you do you love flowers so i wrote that down and then i wrote you love dancing so you have to remember at this point, I hadn't done anything that I thought would make my pain worse for seven years. Right. And so I did nothing because everything to me made my pain worse. So right. I love dancing. I look like I would listen to like alternative and I do listen to that or like country. No, I listen to the dirtiest hip hop you've ever heard <laughs> in all your life. And I love dancing the most uh, yes. ratchet. Like I love it. Yes. And I had not danced yeah. in like seven years. Wow. And I, I'm like, you do. You love dancing. And then I wrote, "You love people," and I remember like having this almost dark, like maniacal laugh come out. I'm like, "I don't give a shit about people." Yeah. And I was like, "Yes, you do. You love people." And so I ended up each day I would make myself do something on that list. And I had friends. You know, one friend's husband was dying of colon cancer. I'm like, get out. Like, get out of your own way and go. Be with them. Like, yeah. get yeah. over yourself. Yeah. Go, you know, there are people around you suffering. And I had a friend who was shot in the Colorado Aurora Batman movie shooting. Stop. And they had flown her back to Louisiana. And, like, I'd go sit with her in the hospital. And, you know, my brain. Oh, my
1: gosh. Did, and she survived?
0: She did. She's uh-huh. in crazy. Her story. She's so precious. Wow. She has crazy pain. And that's a whole. Oh, uh, Bonnie Kate, I love you so much. Aww. Um, But I. My brain started coming back. And I think so often we think the emotions are going to come first. Like once I feel this, then I'll go do these things. And it's always the action has to come before the emotion. And something in me just, I think I was hoping more than believing that if I did these things, the emotions would eventually come. Mm -hmm. And what was so, oh my God, Kayla, it was the most precious thing because I remember a few weeks into that, um, like one day walking outside and smelling, there's this flower that, um. There's several that my dad and I both loved. One was called Magnolia and This other one, um, oh, shit. Uh, I just forgot the name of it. Anyway, they had it at my brother's house. Yeah. And I smelled it. And I just started crying. Not like the sad cry. Yeah. Depressed cry. It was the sweetest smell. Like, you know, when we numb... The hard things, we also numb every good thing. And so being on those narcotics, I wasn't allowing myself to feel any sort of joy or goodness or beauty.
1: And that's a long time, like yeah. you know, seven years yeah. of not doing yeah. little things that you that make you happy.
0: Totally. And so all of a sudden I just started bawling, crying because it was the sweetest smell I'd ever smelled. And yeah. I just I felt my dad's presence yeah. and I felt so loved in that moment. And I remember in that time hearing this quote that the deeper sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Wait, can you say that again? The deeper sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Okay. And I was like, that's going to be my story. Wow. I'm going to get to experience joy on like the craziest level because the yeah. f- this level of pain, and I'm going to have to let myself feel it. And I've been numbing it for so long and trying to avoid it because I just like, I can't handle it. Well, of course. And so all of a sudden it was just... Beautiful. And I feel like my new drug kind of became I'm gonna look for beauty. I'm gonna speak it out loud. I'm gonna try to and I I I kinda jumped pretty quickly. I'm like, I wanna help other people because I just need to get out of my own head, you know? And I you know, it it was an interesting process. I my marriage did end and Mm -hmm. it was very hard. He ended up with a good friend of mine and but I think still a good friend of yours no yeah no I mean I have no hard feelings towards her but no we're not and they're not together they have a child but they're not together anymore um you know I I think I just started trying to show up for life and like when he left I was remember being like if you get back in that bed you will die Mm -hmm. so you have to get up and I started like an Instagram account and my drug kind of became look for beauty look for beauty and speak about it and share it and And then, you know, I started doing like styling things. Other people told me I was good at styling, which is so random. And I, all I had done were my homes. I knew nothing, Yeah. but I had no money. And there's something beautiful about not having the luxury of fear. And I had to like get off my ass and like figure it out. I couldn't worry how my body would handle it. I couldn't worry that I had, you know, how like no experience whatsoever. But I started like this community believed in me way before I did and started asking me to help them with things. And I started having more people following me on Instagram that didn't know me mm-hmm. and didn't know the backstory. They're just seeing these beautiful photos and styling these beautiful dinners and, you know, wow. creating these beautiful spaces. And I started getting the like, oh, my God, you live this dream life. I want your life. messages. Wow. And that made me feel sick because yeah. I'm like, F- me. Yeah, I am. Not this is such a disservice to give to, the you know, these humans, these beautiful souls, because I would think of myself living in my bed, looking on social media, wishing I was out playing with my children or, you know, on tour with my husband Mm -hmm. and doing all these beautiful things instead of laying in my bed, hurting every second. And so I ended up writing out my whole story. Yeah i was like i need to give you context for my joy i wrote everything i mean to like shit in my pants to <laughs> like going through this divorce to yeah. being dependent on all these narcotics to you know losing my marriage losing my dad all of it and and i remember when i hit publish i'm like oh my god people are gonna run. i'm gonna freak them the f- out <laughs> and you know it's just so precious like we're all so longing for connection and to yeah. know we're not the only ones and to know that we're not alone and it of course did the exact opposite yeah. and um and that's like kind of how I got to end up start doing like people started asking me to speak on podcasts and then um someone asked me to speak at a conference and I'm like I didn't, I didn't even speak at my brother's weddings I'm like I don't <laughs> this could be bad bad <laughs> no. and I but I was like I'm gonna but you say have something yes. to say yeah you know and it was like. The most precious, I I can't even tell you, I'm like, this is why I'm here. I am here to, like, share this message of hope that this isn't the end. This is just the beginning and that there is hope for us and there is healing for us. But, you know, at the time, I thought... That was my purpose, just to serve others and to find beauty in suffering and beauty in brokenness, and that was my message for a long time. And I would go, 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 and then I push myself, and then I had to be in my bed for two days because, like, my body was just right. I wasn't because are you still
1: living with this pain? Yeah. So much pain, like know? right
0: now. So that's what's been really interesting in the last little season. I've learned about healing, like, and that's been so. It had been worse every year for like 15 years. And I ended up getting this crazy book deal. And the proposal was with a book called Salvaged, Building a Beautiful Life with Broken Parts. Because I thought I was broken. Yeah, I thought I was. I mean, I was literally calling myself trash. Oh, I thought I was broken. And I believed that I thought my body was broken. And that writing my book in the last two and a half, three years has taken me on a journey
1: Because you have to go back in. I was going to say, you have to relive things that you probably forget or bury or... Yeah. It doesn't go away. Yeah. The body keeps the score.
0: You hold on to it. And I kind of had to re-traumatize myself. Yeah. And it took me on the most important, painful, beautiful healing journey on a level that I can't even describe. Like I came back... Home to my yeah. body that I again thought hated me and I grew up, I was a part of a church that said I was this broken, depraved wretch that needed Jesus. I'm like, oh, I'm so pure and so good oh. and so worthy and so, like we all have that inherent worthiness. and so so much of it just became this like unlearning and remembering the truth and it's been so beautiful and so fucking hard. yeah, and now I can look at all of it. like I truly believe all of it. The wreck, you know, some pre-verbal trauma, stuff that happened early on, um, the divorce, losing friends, like the pain, all of it were these just invitations to ultimately come home to myself, to heal. And I think why I'm on this planet and why I chose to be here and to do this work and why I think I chose to come back is like, I need to heal myself and then go out and be a mirror of this healing that is for everyone. Like this is not mine. This is for all of us. And you don't need me. I'm going to moonwalk the fuck out of here. I'm just going to be here to like (laughs) be a flashlight of what's yours, you know, because it's for everyone and after doing so much trauma work, like I learned about this process called journal speak from this woman named Nicole Sachs. And it's like I would journal about trauma because we we swallow pains, especially as women. We're, yeah. you know, show up, be sweet, be kind, yeah. be pretty. We're not allowed to show rage and anger and hurt and disappoint. Like I had to swallow all that, but your body holds on to it. Yeah. And as I learned through counseling and tr- all these different treatments, EMDR going back into these old traumas, Mm -hmm. like my body started releasing Yeah, and I believe I'm going to heal so much more. Like it's already so much better and I believe that I'm going to be able to heal so much more of this pain because I think all of it Like I think our bodies are longing for homeostasis. They're longing to heal our most, our spirits, our souls are, you know, we're created for healing and, but we're so often we're, we numb it. We don't want to feel it. And so I have a million numbing tactics. I love numbing. It's my favorite thing on planet earth, (laughs) you know, like push every numbing tactic, like, you know, but when I let myself, you can only heal if you let yourself Go through them, like yeah. go through the trauma and, but you're created for it. And it's like, when you do that work, you remember what's so right with you, not what's wrong with you. And you remember your inherent worth and how deserving you are. It's like earth school's freaking hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that you say that earth school, that's life. Yes. Earth School's hard.
0: But like we, you don't have to just survive. Yeah. You know, like we can heal. And we were created for it. And I believe that like my neck looks more like a freaking toaster oven than it does a spinal cord. Aww. And if I can heal, we can yes. all heal. Absolutely. You know, and I think like I know my story is like a really dramatic version, but I, I that I think is part of why I'm here also. Yeah. Like if I can.
1: And that's why you've moved into this space of uh, being an author and a speaker and having a podcast because you're meant to reach so many people.
0: I mean, I, I just hope I, you know, of course, we all have our ego and all the things. But like I wrote at the beginning, at the end of my book, I'm like, listen, when you finish this book and you close the last page and you turn off your lamp or you finish your cup of coffee or you get off your bus stop, like, I hope you forget me. I hope you forget the story because you don't need me. Like you are so capable and so worthy. I, I am just here to be a mirror to you of what is yours. This divinity is inside of you. This love is inside of you. This healing is inside of you. And I I don't know, like I I want, I think my higher self wants to just remember that and like do that, you know, and yeah. not let my ego and all the other things get caught up. You know, we just we're such funny, funny little <laughs> <laughs> really funny are. little people. Bless us. I, know. I you know. We're just doing the best we can and we're human and I make mistakes all the
1: time. Well, yeah, of course. All right. Let's take a break. We all need one of those every now and then. And I love taking little breaks throughout the day to pause and just relax. But why not keep your brain active at the same time? My mom and I actually talked about this the other day, about how to keep your brain active while you're just having some downtime. Well, you can when you play Best Fiends. It's a super fun puzzle game that's on your phone so you can take it everywhere you go. It's seriously the best escape when you need just like a second to yourself. There are thousands of fun challenges and tons of cute characters to collect along the way girl's super competitive over here, so I like to make sure I'm on higher levels than all my friends who play the game. If they're not already playing, I make sure they get on it. And I've got to say, my Best Fiends skills have really improved now that I've been playing the game for a while. The game just keeps getting more challenging, but also more fun at the same time. I find myself really having to think through all the challenges, use some serious strategy to beat the new levels. It has a unique, exciting puzzle experience, unlike other puzzle games out there. Best Fiends updates the games monthly with new levels and events, never gets old, and it does not require internet to play, so you don't need to worry about Wi-Fi access or using cellular data. Best Fiends has thousands of levels already, with new levels, events, and characters added every month, it's hours of fun at your fingertips, and you can play offline. With over 100 million downloads and tons of 5-star reviews, Best Fiends is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. In your book, is it, it it's just kind of your journey of what has happened to you in the healing and, yeah, yeah. you know, it
0: actually, it changed a lot. Yeah, it, it completely changed. I mean, the story up to, you know, living in my bed and all of that didn't change, yeah. none of, but like what the message is really changed. The ending is completely different. And then wait, do you want to hear some real woo woo crazy stuff? Yeah. The last chapter is completely different because of what happened last year. What? So this is so cool. My dad's all a part of this. It's so cool. Okay. So last Christmas, my mom, not this past one, um, the one before my mom was like, Hey, have you ever done like a DNA test? Because, um, you know, your dad and all of this. I mean, my parents were hippies and my dad went to Vietnam and they were crazy. Yeah. And she was like, you know, a lot of your dad's friends have found out they had kids later in life. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more than one. Like, yeah, that makes total sense. And I was like, actually, I have when I spe- spoke on... um. Glennon Doyle's tour, uh, Ancestry was like who um, supported it or whatever, sponsored yeah, it. Yeah, And so I had literally swabbed my mouth but never looked it up. I'm like really bad with technology and I never signed in, but they had my DNA. So I was like, yeah, my DNA is out there. And then a few months later, um, I was speaking to this like intuitive woman and she goes, I keep hearing missing brother, missing brother, Stop. missing brother. And then they keep circling dad in all caps. And I'm like, okay, that's weird, but Okay. Then I have this like healer lady that I go to who's like more spirit than body. She's the most amazing. She like doesn't even have a smartphone. You have to like only has a landline. Is she in Nashville? Yeah. She's in, I'll give you, it takes (sighs) like six months to get in with her, but she's so important. She's like my teacher in every way. Okay, And I tell her this and she goes, yes, you do. You have a missing brother. And I was like, what? I go, well, how do I find him? She's like, he's going to find you. What? And very soon. And I was like. Um, okay. So that was in April.
1: These guys take my breath away. Literally
0: last May 2019. I get a message. I never use Facebook. I look by chance on Facebook and I get this message from a woman saying, hi, Ruthie. My husband doesn't have Facebook, but he recently matched with you on ancestry. I believe you might be relatives. And I'm like, it's my brother. So I give her my number. I was like, have him call me. He calls me. He goes, do you know why I'm calling? I go, because you're my brother. No. And he goes, How did you know? I was like, I've been waiting for your call. Your joke. I, I promise you. Wait. Look at my goosebumps. Okay. Here's what's insane. What? When my dad was in college, this girl was passing through LSU. She didn't even go to school there. She was a senior in high school. Um, they hooked up. She got pregnant, went back home. Back then, they sent girls away who got pregnant. Oh my um. No one knew. And also, Louisiana is a closed adoption state. So he couldn't find us. So my brother was adopted by this family in Oxford, Mississippi. He had literally been looking for us for over 20 years. Oh, On the six year anniversary of his son's passing of an accidental overdose, his wife, his whole family got together and she was like, You can't give up you cannot give up I'm gonna sign on like maybe by now someone's gotten onto ancestry and whatever she signs into his account sees my name his daughter-in-law is there goes Ruthie Lindsay I've followed her on Instagram Stop. for years they live in Montana like his daughter I am I'm like so he's like I'm sure there's more than one Ruthie like calm down she's like no that is your sister. And they get on my website. There's a photo. He literally is the only one that looks like my dad. He's the only one that hunts, fishes, gardens. He has this larger-than-life personality. He, oh, like, we have gosh. a piece of my dad back. It gets freaking crazy. No, I can't. No, my eyes it are gets like... crazier. My full brother and his wife were at his daughter's wedding the year before. Okay, wait, what? My your full, full brother. brother and his wife and family of eight were at his daughter. They knew them. What? Didn't know it was his niece because she had worked at this camp that my brother's the camp doctor every oh. summer. She had gotten sick, sent to the infirmary. He held her hair back while she vomited. His niece. Uh, I can't. Yeah. It, no. What? It's freaking. You can't make this shit up. No. I'm like, my dad is all, he found me on the anniversary of his son's death, like my dad's first grandson. What the heck? I'm like. His – and also I, his – so since then he lives in Oxford, Mississippi where I went to college. I used to shop at his wife's short store all the time. We know we're in the same place at the same time. Oxford's tiny. He – um oh, he's so precious and so – I'll have to show you the video after this. You're going to die. I'll give it – it's the sweetest thing you've ever seen. He – um like the amount of overlap and connection, he's yeah. actually interviewing me for my book tour in Oxford wow. at the end of in April. you kidding! I know it's just the sweetest, and like I just know my dad is so proud of him. Like he came to my house literally; he shakes his foot, crosses his legs, the exact he no. has the same mannerisms. Wow! He had been looking for
1: us for twenty five years. I cannot believe it. Or twenty eight years. I know. And now you have this special bond with yeah. him and yeah. is your whole family so We're close to in his? All and- them.
0: Oh. They came down to our farm. My mom is so amazing. Like she she's like we have a piece of your dad back. Yeah. Like she loves him so oh so much. Gosh. We're all going down to Louisiana in April. Um my they're naming like a library in the school after my dad and the whole family will be there and I mean you just you cannot this, make this stuff up. It's the no. most precious. And this
1: is how, and so you're, so when you were writing how, your book, it, yeah,
0: the whole ending changed because I'm like, this is so, this is my dad. Like, he is, wow, over all of this. You can't make it up. It's insane. It's so precious. And I just, I literally, and I mean this so sincerely, Caitlin, like, all of it, every single thing that happened, like, it all had to happen. And if, wow. like, all of it had to happen to get me to this point so I can get to be one of so many light workers that are in the world right yeah, now to yeah. be a reminder and a mirror like and I wouldn't for, change and for one him thing. to find you yes. and oh my gosh yes he's never known like he never knew his family you know it's just the sweetest and he had been looking like even his Adopted parents are like, we want you to find your dad. We want to know where you came from because yeah. they're, they're just these booming, yeah. you know, larger than life storytellers. Like he does similar work to us. I mean, it's
2: just insane. We'll be back with more Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow. Hey, I'm Autumn Calabrese and I have a question for you. How do you do life? I might be a superstar trainer, but I'm also a boy mom, sister, daughter, friend and entrepreneur. You might think my life is all working out and cooking healthy, delicious recipes, but trust me, there is so much more to it, and this is it. This is all of those real moments you talk about with your family and friends. Ever wonder what else life has to offer? Bring your curious appetite, and let's do life together. Subscribe now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and PodcastOne.com. Now back to off the vine with Caitlin Bristow.
1: I love that people are going to hear this and just be like, okay, there, there's reasons that you go through hard times and things happen, and if if you're, you are all strong enough to come out of it on the other side. We're so
0: resilient, yeah. So like, you're so deserving of this really hard work to come back home to yourself. Like all of it is invitations. And first, I want to say, like, I know pain is universal that is like the truest thing i know ever Mm -hmm. but i also believe with every part of me like there is hope for you in this whatever shitty broken thing you're living through or have lived through this is not the end yeah this is not the end it's an invitation and it's like the world i i really one of my mantras is this is happening for me, not to me. This is happening for me, not to me. And I really believe that the universe is like conspiring to do really beautiful things for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hard broken things. Like I don't know why earth school so hard, but it, I know part of the human condition is like we get to go through these things so that we can like expand and grow and heal and show up and be love in the world. You know, like that's. Yeah. That's all we really, truly like we want to know that we're safe and that we're held and we're OK and we're loved. And, and we are. Yeah, we are. And we're so
1: deserving. You know, it's so hard for people to see that. I and know. it's so unfortunate that sometimes it takes such tragic events yeah. for people to have to get there. But yeah. it's that's why you're here to share your story and have people see that. Like even just today, I thought I was having a hard day. Well, and I was, but it's not, you know, but it's just... That's real. But, but you know, talking through everything that you've gone through, I I can look at it differently now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, yeah, of course it's a hard day. Those happen all the time. It's not, you know, it's not anything that's... Life's hard. yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, I... You know, I caught myself this week, like I was supposed to go to Israel at the end of the month and the coronavirus, it got canceled. And, you know, and they're like talking about my book tour, like, you know, what are we going to do? All the things. and I caught myself feeling really sorry for myself. And then I'm like, and it's okay to mourn. I think it's important to feel the weight of things. But then also I was able to like shift. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my neighbors lost their Homes to this tornado. And, you know, I've been out all week and I'm like looking at the devastation, like, you have everything and more. Like, you yeah, are yeah. so. Mm-hmm. And so it's so, it is helpful for me to, you know, just trying to hold perspective because I can just get caught up in such silly bullshit things. Of course. Yeah. You know, and it's so easy to, I don't know, I can get in victim mode and feel sorry for myself. And then. You know. I mean we eas- all do. We all do. And it's easy I think the work is though, like instead of staying parked there, like I stay parked there for seven years. Yeah. And the more work I do, the quicker I'm am to come back to my more wholehearted truer self. Yeah. And to have more empathy for myself and compassion and tenderness instead of like shaming myself. Like that's my natural inclination. Like I I wanna shame myself and feel guilty okay. and all the things. And that that doesn't help
1: anything yeah at no all. i find myself doing that exact same thing when i'm in a bad place or if i'm things aren't going i start picking myself apart yeah I'll, even in the mirror like i'll, oh I'll my because that's just my go-to way of dealing yeah. with things sometimes like right. it's crazy what we do to ourselves oh my gosh the way
0: i you recently did this whole like meditation woo-woo thing on my body Mm -hmm. and I started thinking like what if I spoke to my body and treated her as I would like a lover or Mm -hmm. a partner Mm -hmm. I would never speak to a partner or a lover the way that I speak to my body Mm -hmm. I would never I would want to listen I'd want to feed them delicious meals and take them to nature to see beautiful things and to be present with them, be present and to listen and to listen and to listen. And we're so disconnected. And I would want to make love to them and I want to hold them. And my dear friend. Dr. Um, Hillary McBride recently told me that our bodies don't know the difference in our hands and someone else's. So like you can literally like I know I want to be held. Like when I'm struggling, I just want someone to hold me and tell me I'm going to be okay. But like we can do that for ourselves. Like I can literally like touch my sweet little face and like, oh, (laughs) sweet girl, you're (laughs) so loved and like wrap my arms around my body. And like my body doesn't know that that's not someone right and that's such a beautiful thing and like i want to look in the mirror and speak love to her not this horrible like this judgment and this anger and this like just dissatisfaction
1: it's Mm -hmm. just such a disservice to our souls it really is and how do you think people can do the work like yeah. you know some people some people just actually don't know how to yeah. do the work to heal themselves or yeah. to to like people that i I know I saw on my facebook page people were talking about chronic pain living with chronic pain and feelings like silenced and yes. and, and not heard and understood yes. like how do th- how do you do the work? what do you recommend yeah. to people?
0: yeah, I would definitely recommend looking up nicole sachs s a c h s her work is incredible and to read the book, The Body Keeps the Score, Mm -hmm. those are two, there's free resources because counseling can be very expensive. Yes. There are sliding scale and it's worth looking up because like, again, counseling is so beautiful. And it's about what's so right with you, yeah. not what's wrong with you. Yes. And so look up where there's sliding scale, you know, that people will work with you. There's churches that offer free counseling. Um, but then for yourself, I mean, I think it's so hard for me, the idea of like meditating, I thought would kill me because I'm like, if I get quiet and get still and get in my body, I will die. Like mm-hmm. this pain is so, and the most important work that I think I can actually do is to get present. Because I was constantly future tripping or feeling shame or guilty Mm -hmm. about the past. I was never actually here, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I'll do these like body meditations where I'll literally go through, scan my whole body and I'll see where I have tension and I'll be like, "Okay, feel your left foot, feel your right foot help relax and those love and I'll go through my whole body to get present back into our embodiment is like such a huge, because most of us are walking around as disassociated. Like the amount of times I've driven somewhere and don't even remember getting there. Yeah. Like, you know, we're all on our phones and we're all distracted and we're not actually present, but like our bodies, we have so much wisdom inside of us. And when we get still and get quiet, there's so like, there's going to be that loud, Just really, I don't know, there's like voices that are going to try to tell you really mean, ugly things that are just limiting, limiting voices. But when we can come back home and remember the truth and speak lovingly to those things, like we all have. Darkness in us. We all have shadow, right? Everyone. Like growing up, it was called like sin. Now I'm like, it's shadow. Mm -hmm. And when I actually embrace those shadow parts, when I see jealousy or I see envy or I see fear, I'm like, oh, hi, jealousy. I see you think there's not enough for all of us, but there is. And you are so loved and love's going to drive and you are safe, but we're okay. Thank you for trying to protect me, fear. I know you think you're protecting me, but we're safe and we are loved and we are held. And like those kind of things. And I also, at the beginning, looking myself in the eye in the mirror was one of the hardest things. I didn't think I could do it. And I would say, I would make myself say loving things Mm -hmm. that I didn't believe Mm -hmm.
1: at all. I've done that to you. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's And I think hard. that's why people are so afraid to get quiet and to yes. meditate and do it because they know that those, the, that noise is going to come through. Yes. But you're, it's, you have to go through the rough to get to the just yeah. beautiful,
0: peaceful, like I know because yeah. I've experienced it on such a visceral, like now when I look in the mirror and say those things, I believe myself. Yeah. And when I do the other, I'm quicker to come back to the true place that I know I'm inherently valuable. I know, like when I was a child, I don't know why I didn't believe it. Like I think there were so many messages coming from the church and mm-hmm. from all different yeah. things, patriarchy, all kinds of shit. Yeah. That I would, if the clock turned like twelve thirty-four or eleven eleven or you know any of those things, I go make me be good, make me love Jesus, make me be good, make me love Jesus. Yeah. Because something inside of me didn't believe that I was inherently good. Yeah. I thought something was wrong with me, something was broken, and now I'm like. Oh my gosh, you are so good. Not like be a good girl and be proper. No, yeah, that and have no time for that. I'm talking (laughs) like you are inherently worthy and valuable and good and loved and held in the universe and God, whatever you want to call it that feels good to you, loves you so much. You are so freaking loved and so deserving. And we all are. And the more. What's also beautiful, it's not selfish. It's so loving to do this work because the more I do that, the more I'm able to go out and see it out of like a full cup Mm -hmm. and like see the worthiness of everyone around me. And when I'm not, and I'm like trying to help people out of a place because like I need to do that to feel okay about myself, I need to be needed to feel okay about myself. And that's actually not loving, that's Mm -hmm. not of service. Like, At all. The most loving thing we can do on planet Earth is to heal ourselves and go out and be a mirror of that love and that healing to those around us. Like, period. Right. We can't heal other people. We can't take their pain away. If we try to take their pain away, they don't learn how to heal themselves. And that's like actually a real disservice. Mm -hmm. It's not loving, you know, but if you only can heal you. Right. Period. And in the same breath, we're meant to do that in community. Right, You know, like we can't do this alone. Like, yes, you're only responsible for you, but we need supportive, loving people to be those mirrors. Like when I forget, my friends are there to be like, oh, sister, that's not true. You are so loved, you know, and we get to do that for each other. Like we heal in community. Mm -hmm. And if you're surrounded by women and you're, you know, y'all are all just talking about how. Fat you are. Other people's like, none of that is of service. It doesn't Mm – it just brings us all down. But the more I do this work, I'm less apt to do that and to be – because I'm less judgmental of myself, so then I'm less judgmental of other people. Right. You know, and like – we can be around women that are supportive of each other
1: and love each other yeah. and want the best for each other. And when you have that, you just realize how powerful it is. Oh my God. That's, I mean, that's the. Th- I always go back to this Facebook group of mine that off the vine Facebook. It is so many women who yeah. just come together and support one another, mm-hmm. and it's like this one big group chat yeah. of loving, supportive women. I love it's that. wild how um, incredible it is, and same like just having that, finding that group of women that yes. you know. There's so many good people out there if you look for them. Yes. And surrounding yourself with them and that's it took me a while in Nashville, but I have that now and it's just like I'm so glad.
0: It's the best. It's the best. There's so many amazing beautiful souls here. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And I think the more work we do too, like, I do believe in the law of attraction.
1: Oh, the more you're,
0: you know, like when you're living at a higher vibration and more out of love, you're going to attract like-minded people that are also doing that. When you're being a really good friend, you're going to find friends that are really good friends too. I totally
1: agree with that. You know? And
0: I think that's why, again, it starts with you. Like we have to do the work on ourselves so that we can show up as love Mm -hmm.
1: and like heal in the world together. Yeah. I know. I would. I just it's so I I hate how hard it is because it's so rewarding, you know, but it's it's for some reason so hard to really believe those things and really get there and and look in the mirror and look into your own eyes and say these things and believe them and just do the work. Like, I just wish everybody I've I mean, I've I have so long to go, but I've done so much work and I can't wait. I'm going in July to this. Week like deep dive therapy, no phones, in nothing. Nashville? Um, no, it's okay. in California, but Amazing. same thing, same yeah. kind of thing. Um, like just being completely in the moment of yes. deep healing for, I think it's six days. Yes. And I am so excited. Like I I'm so that. sick to my stomach, nervous, but that's how I'm excited. Yeah that's
0: oh, I love that so much. You're so deserving of that. I and
1: I think so. You It's so
0: true. It's so beautiful. Yeah, we I I love are. doing
1: that work and Me it's too. just yeah. Once once you get in a practice or a habit, yeah. You just realize how rewarding it is. Totally. Yeah.
0: And it's, you know, I I don't want to I hope that it doesn't sound like um I'm at all being dismissive of where people are like wherever you are, I like First, want to just say you don't ever
1: sound dismissive, by okay.
0: the way. But yeah, <laughs> but it's life's really hard. Yeah, and I know there are gonna be people listening right now that feel hopeless. Yeah, I know that because mm-hmm. life's so f-ing hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I truly understand and want to say first off, like I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for whatever painful thing you're living through right now. But I also, if you don't have hope, like I can hold that right now you because i know that there's hope i know that this is not the end mm-hmm. i believe that this is just an invitation to the beginning of the rest of your life and and it can be so full and beautiful and rich um and you're so worthy of that you're so
1: worthy of that do you talk about all this on your podcast? Is that? Yeah. You know, right now. Um, I want people to just go listen to you oh, or do anything that they can. Like I just. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
0: yeah um, we're, we've taken a break. My friend. Um, have you heard of Onsite? Yes. So my friend. That's who I have my podcast with. And um, what do you mean? Yeah. But so Miles, the guy that started oh, Onsite. Oh, wow. That's who I have my podcast with. That's incredible. He's that's amazing. like exactly the kind of thing yeah, I'm doing. That's yeah. why I was asking yeah. if it was in Nashville. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he they had their second baby and have just been oh, as we yeah. do them all in person. So we've yeah. taken a break. I'm hoping that we get to pick pick it back up. Yeah, but we have two seasons out and we interview people. The idea is saying the things that are hard to say with that they take the power away when we speak out loud the things we feel shame and mm-hmm. darkness about. Darkness about it takes the power away. And then our other thing is like we walk around as human doings not human beings Mm -hmm. so we interview people that the world would know for like their craft like a lot of actors and musicians and chefs but we don't really talk about their work we just talk about their hearts and Mm -hmm. their souls and their journeys and that's great so it's
1: really it's probably so good for them too because you know everyone usually wants to just oh you're a musician let's talk about your music nobody you know dives deep into who they are as people in interviews yeah yeah, yeah.
0: So it's really, it's really, really sweet. Um, and yeah, you can listen to it anywhere. But it's called the Unspoken Podcast. But, yeah. but yeah, I talk about all this. Um, and I have you know a website. And Instagram. what is your website? It's just ruthylindsay.com, l i n d s e y. And same for Instagram. It's at Ruthylindsay. Um, and I'm actually just now starting a newsletter, so I'll be like doing oh, like uh, meditations for people and just kind of what I'm learning, what I'm grappling with and what I'm struggling with you know all the things yeah so
1: I'm excited about that too well I give away Instagrammies at the end of my podcast for people who are just you need to follow and my instagrammy goes to you today oh <laughs> you, <are so laughs> you just sweet. changed my life in one hour stop no I'm serious oh, I'm so and scary. I just I can't wait for I'm so glad you live in Nashville I and know I'm gonna Me force too. friendship upon you I- Girl, <laughs> I can't wait. Sign me up. That's so amazing. And I wanted to say, you also you spoke with Brene Brown, didn't you? Or did Ah? Yeah. That is, she is. I mean, who doesn't I mean, love Brene Brown? Oh, I know she's next level. Next I I remember level. finding her so many years ago on YouTube. Yeah. Like on her one. You know, vulnerable YouTube yeah. video, the TED Talk. I remember just watching that over and over again. And she really started my like self love journey. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's so incredible.
1: Yeah. And I didn't even know I needed to be on that journey until yeah. I watched her.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's, That's so cool that you got
1: to. It, she's just a rock next star level. yeah next level yeah
0: one of my greater teachers I'll yeah it for that's sure. so amazing
1: who is who is your favorite like men, um, mentor like liz gilbert okay she's like my no- i mean oprah hello well oh, yeah duh. <laughs> the queen That's everybody's yeah um but
0: i love liz gilbert and cheryl Strait have both been massively impactful for yeah. me um like tiny beautiful things i think is one of the best books I've maybe ever read. I've given really? away probably 50 copies wow. of that book. Not even kidding. It's so important. It's like, it's my Bible. Okay. Um, it's just Uttering utter truth. That yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. I've reread it. So, I mean, it's just pure truth. Yeah. She's the woman that wrote Wild, um, the movie. Did you ever see Wild with Reese Witherspoon? I, I I don't think I saw it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's her story. Um, But Tiny Beautiful Things is hands down my favorite book. Okay. Yeah, so good.
1: So so I'm good. So excited to read it. Oh my oh, gosh! Good. Thank you so much for Thank being here today. Thank you so I'm, much. This, again, everything I I just like the way I told you. I don't know if I said this on the podcast or off. That I was just I knew I was supposed to be friends with Ariel. Like I feel that same way.
0: Sign <laughs> oh me up, sister.
1: <laughs> I'm Sold. just like I'm so glad we met and that you're on I'm this podcast. So and I'm so amazing. So many people. I'm so happy that so many people can listen to Thanks. everything that you just had to say.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah.
1: What an honor.
0: No. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. I am
1: so grateful. Thank you. And everybody go follow Ruthie Lindsay. Go to your website. Do all the things. Read your book. I'm not yes. even just saying April that. April like, 21st. Yeah, It'll be out. Well, we'll have to do another podcast because yeah. I do uh, grape therapy every week where it's just like, you know, we do choose different topics to just talk yeah. about. Right now I'm doing bachelor recaps, but that's going to be over soon. So I'd love to have you back I on. Honored. And Um we 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 missed your confession today. So we're going to have to... Oh, yeah. We're going to. We'll get back to that. Yeah. (laughs) Unless, is it. I have a short one. Okay, tell me. Tell me. Tell me. We'll end it with that.
0: Yeah. I grew up, literally married my first boyfriend. Yeah. And I was just this super naive, like, really sweet. I mean, when he and I split up, I had never slept in a bed with another man. I'd never been drunk. I'd never done drugs. Like, literally unreal right and seriously until i had sex for the first time which was like 23 yeah every time i look at a woman pregnant i'd be like oh they had sex <laughs> i'm not kidding and i would think oh my god they have to be so embarrassed that their dad knows no I way I Swear. that's how like naive and just i would li- every time i'd see a pregnant woman, i'd be like oh, their dad
1: knows As every human walking around me isn't having sex. I'd be like, Oh You're my like, God, you came, I know. you came from sex. You know that, right? They have sex. <laughs> that's so cute. What is that? that? Well, is that you, not insane? It, I mean, it all is just like it's, it's all about how you grew up and so you know, freaking. That's, bless me. Yeah, bless you. Bless my little heart. Yeah. <laughs> So sweet. I mean, that's funny. Or really now sad. Now I'm going to think of that every time I see a pregnant <laughs> one. I'm be like, ah, shit, like, sets <laughs> Her dad knows, and her dad knows. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, uh, thank you again. Thank Can't wait you. to just keep talking to you and, and do another podcast. Can't wait. Yeah. I'm Caitlin Bristow. I'll see you next Tuesday.
2: Thanks for listening to Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow. Get new episodes every Tuesday exclusively on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Who's out
0: with OTV?